Arcadian Vanguard presents the Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Thursday, June 8th, 2023. Good morning. I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin today with some unfortunate news. Hossein Khosrow Vaziri, better known to the world as the Iron Sheik, passed away yesterday at the age of 81, according to an official statement released by his family. One of the most widely known wrestling villains of all time, the Iron Sheik reached the peak of his fame during the early expansion period of the WWF from 1983 through 1988 and is perhaps best remembered as the transitional WWF world champion between the lengthy reigns of Bob Backlund and Hulk Hogan. Iron Sheik won the title from Backlund in Madison Square Garden on December 26, 1983, when Backlund's manager Arnold Skolin famously threw in the towel while Backlund was in the Sheik's camel clutch. Just four weeks later, Iron Sheik would lose the belt to Hogan at the Garden in a match that officially kicked off the rise of Hulkamania in the WWF. As part of a national cast of characters in Vince McMahon's expanding WWF, the villainous Sheik, with his handlebar mustache and pointed boots, denouncing the United States and declaring support for his home country of Iran, appeared in the WWF Saturday morning cartoon and had his likeness on ice cream bars and other popular WWF licensed products of the time. He enjoyed a run as WWF World Tag Team Champion during that period, along with fellow anti-American heel Nikolai Volkov. Vaziri was actually born in Iran and spent time as a member of the Imperial Iranian Army and as a bodyguard for Shah Mohammad Reza Pahlavi, a standout amateur Greco-Roman wrestler. He tried out for Iran's 1968 Olympics team and later came to the United States where he won an AAU championship in 1971 and was an assistant coach for the U.S. Olympic team the following year in Munich. His amateur credentials brought him to the attention of AWA promoter Vern Gagne, who helped bring him into the professional ranks as part of his legendary training camps of the 1970s. In addition to the AWA, Vaziri also enjoyed great success in Georgia Championship Wrestling, Toronto's Maple Leaf Wrestling, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, and Mid-South Wrestling, among other places. He later resurfaced in the WWF in the early 90s as Colonel Mustafa, and would continue to make sporadic appearances for the company, being signed to a Legends contract and inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. After his wrestling career was over, the Iron Sheik continued to be a pop culture icon thanks to his infamous appearances on several shoot interviews and as an ongoing guest of The Howard Stern Show. His outspoken and often obscene rantings would eventually make him into a Twitter celebrity, using an account officially endorsed by the Sheik, although run by his managers, Paige and Gian Megan. Khosrow Vaziri is survived by Carol, his wife of 47 years, as well as two daughters and five grandchildren. Last night's AEW Dynamite on TBS emanated from the Broadmoor World Arena in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Here with the report is the Wrestling News' Luke Hippelman. In the main event of Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite, Jay White defeated Ricky Starks in 13 minutes 32 seconds, pinning him after utilizing his sling blade finisher. White received help in the form of Austin and Colton Gunn, who took advantage of a referee bump on Paul Turner and ambushed Starks with their 310 to Yuma double team. No, he wants the Rochambeau! Yes, he does! He's got him up! Rochambeau! Jay White dropped him! 
Jay got dropped away. What? Who's that? that that's that the guns? That's the, that's the, you're right. That's Austin and Colton Gunn. What the hell are they doing here? Austin and Colton Gunn. Guns. What in the world's going on? No. Four ten. Wow. Just realizing what happened. Oh, I smell an inside job. Just my view. No, you are on it. White's Bullet Club Gold partner Juice Robinson and Stark's allies FTR were banned from ringside. Earlier in the program, AEW President Tony Khan announced White and Robinson would team up with Samoa Joe in a six-man tag team match against FTR and CM Punk on the June 17th debut episode of AEW Collision. Adam Cole interrupted an in-ring interview segment with AEW world champion MJF, during which the champion bragged about having no competition. Everyone, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, okay? Because I know that I'm wasting my breath. I know everything I'm saying is going to go straight over that dome of yours. So if you remember anything from our little conversation, remember this. You won't fight me because I'm better than you. And they know it. Boy champ. Looks like we got ourselves a match. In a six-man tag match, the Blackpool Combat Club team of Claudio Castagnoli, John Moxley, and Wheeler Yuta defeated Chaos teammates Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero after Moxley tapped Romero with a bulldog choke. Afterwards, Adam Page and the Young Bucks challenged the BCC for a six-man tag on next week's Dynamite which Brian Danielson accepted on behalf of his group. Hook and Jack Perry knocked off Trelistico and Preston Vance in a Texas Tornado tag match, after Perry tapped out Trelistico with the snare trap. Vance bled heavily during the bout. In other matches, Chris Statlander made the second defense of the TBS championship, defeating Anna J.A.S., Konosuke Takeshita quickly dispatched of local worker Damon Ace, and Orange Cassidy opened the program by retaining the AEW International title for the 24th time, defeating Swerve Strickland. For the wrestling news, I'm Lou Kippelman. In ratings news, Tuesday night's edition of NXT on USA Network drew an average of 615,000 viewers overall, up 1.3% from last week's 607,000 according to Showbuzz Daily. The episode ranked fifth on cable for the day in the key 18 to 49 year old demographic, drawing a 0.17 rating, statistically even with last week, and equating to approximately 222,000 viewers according to Russell Nomics. In Canada, NXT averaged 58,000 viewers on Rogers Sportsnet 360, up 28% from last week's 46,000 according to Post Wrestling. Viewership in Canada's most valued demographic, 25 to 54 year olds, averaged 24,700 people, which was down less than 1% from last week. 
Among sports programming in the country, NXT finished 8th. Vice TV's Dark Side of the Ring episode on Magnum TA averaged 155,000 viewers and a .04 in the 18-49-year-old demographic, placing it 104th among cable programs on Tuesday. The second episode of this season's docudrama series was up 8,000 viewers overall from last week's season premiere, featuring the story of Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch, but down .10 in the key demo. With some injury news, here's the wrestling news's Luke Hippelman. Braun Strowman began physical rehabilitation on Tuesday. Following neck fusion surgery he underwent on June 1st, according to Strowman's social media posts. Strowman was released from the hospital last Sunday, after recovering for four days from neck fusion surgery, according to a report yesterday from PW Insider. The surgery was reportedly done to fuse his C4 and C5 vertebrae, and was performed at Andrews Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center in Birmingham, Alabama. There is no word yet on when he might be able to return to the ring. For the wrestling news, I'm Lou Kippelman. And we close with another unfortunate item. Beverly Wenhold, professionally known as Beverly Shade, standout female wrestler of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, passed away last Friday in hospice care at the age of 87 from a combination of pneumonia and other complications due to lung cancer. Trained by Ella Vladek and debuting for Cowboy Luttrell's Florida Territory in 1957, Shade had the distinction of spending her career working outside the circuit run by the fabulous Mula, who controlled most of women's wrestling in North America during that period. Despite being separate from Mula's troop, Shade enjoyed success in her career working independence in so-called outlaw promotions, with Big Bear Promotions in Ontario, and Gunkel's All-South Wrestling, Eddie Einhorn's IWA, and the Poffo's ICW. She began teaming with her trainee, Natasha the Hatchet Lady, for Nick Goulis and later Jerry Jarrett in Tennessee in 1978, and the duo enjoyed a run as NWA Women's World Tag Team Champions, and she would even later form a tag team with Mula in Japan and in the WWF, where the two competed as a team on the undercard of the August 1980 showdown at Shea. She is survived by her two children, as well as her husband, William Wenhold, who wrestled as Billy Blue River, and with whom she promoted wrestling events for years throughout Florida, Georgia, and the Caribbean. Once again, Beverly Shade passes away at the age of 87. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The wrestling news can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News Podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again, for daily updates, breaking news, and more, follow the wrestling news across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall. Just the Wrestling News. The Wrestling News is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the Wrestling Newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network.